Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Early Edge Live and your wild card weekend NFL mega preview. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it's not even close. Of course, I am the coach, and on this Tuesday, it's all about beating the number. It's all about getting the right information. And this year, for the first time ever in the history of the National Football League, we will have a Monday playoff game on ESPN and on ABC. I'm trying to remember which one. But we've got six games spread out throughout three days. We're going to have a live show before every single wildcard game right here on our YouTube channel. So let's bring in the stars of the show. You know I'm bringing in the heavy hitters. First and foremost, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level, M squared. It's playoffs, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Playoffs time, man. Let's do it. I uh, love the format this year. I do love the extra the team here like this. I think this is going to be a really, really fun weekend. Love that it's stretched out over three days. I love those primetime games, so let's do it. You're damn right. Also, Maestro, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. I was just checking some weather forecasts because I know we're going to dive into that uh, really quick. Uh, but, yeah, great slate of games, and uh, let's do it. All right, so here's what the schedule looks like, and then we're going to do our best bets, and then we'll dive in to each and every game. So two games on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern, Raiders and the Bengals. 8.15, it's the Patriots at Buffalo. Wow, that's going to be a great one. Then on Sunday, we got three big games, 1 p.m. Eastern, Eagles and the Bucks. 4.30, 49ers and Dallas, and then 8.15, the Steelers in their season in Kansas City. Then on Monday... 8.15 Eastern time. It's the Cardinals and the Rams live from SoFi right out here in California. All right, let's get into our best bets right off the bat. And Maestro, I'm going to let you go first. What do you got today? All right, well, I got three. Uh, one I talked about this morning, the Chiefs uh, laying the big number, even though, as I'll give you some trend info later, uh, road teams and dogs have been the way to go the last several years, no question about it. But I, I, you have to look at the teams on the field, and what the Steelers are putting out there is by far the worst of these playoff teams um, in terms of every metric. Uh, so I'm laying the points with the Chiefs. Uh, the 49ers is a side I really wish I had gotten three and a half that was available for a very short time, uh, but I only got three. I think they're the better team. They actually have the best offense in terms of yards per play since the middle of the season. They're healthy now, assuming Jimmy G. Uh, they came out of it with no setbacks, an amazing comeback win. Over the Rams, they averaged 6.7 yards per play against a good Rams defense. And the Cowboys, you know, I respect them. I've been on them a lot because of the Gregory and Lawrence and Parsons and those pass rushers on defense. But, you know, what they did down the stretch, that was against NFC East and a mm -hmm. depleted Saints team. Those were big numbers, inflated numbers. Um, I, th I think the Niners are the team uh, that, that could go very far in these playoffs. And then the other one is the Raiders getting six and a half. You know, this one, I should have jumped in early. It fell down to five and a half. Now this is one of the game, maybe the only game so far we've seen a real serious move uh, in the last day or so 
from six and a half down to five and a half. And part of it could be the weather. People think it's going to be a low, lower scoring with the possible snow, uh, very cold in Cincinnati. Um, but the other thing is that first game, 32 to 13. Remember the Bengals went out there. It was mm-hmm. actually pretty much a toss up game. There were a bunch of turnovers late. It was actually a close game late. Uh, there's nothing to say that the Bengals far outplayed the Raiders. And if you look at the way Josh Jacobs is running, you look at the way the Bengals uh, have played lately defensively. And one thing is Joe Burrow kills the blitz. He is number one against the blitz. He's got great receivers. You cannot blitz that guy. Well, the Raiders don't blitz at all. They're the wor- the lowest blitzing team in the NFL. I'm not saying they win outright, uh, but I do think uh, that's why I pushed it over six and a half because six is a key number. I bought mm-hmm. it from five and a half to six and a half. And there you see it on the screen at minus 125. All right. I love all three of those plays. We will dive in deeper in a matter of moments. But before we do that, we've got to go over to M squared. And we preach all season long, Mikey, that the right strategic teaser can be a home run. And I believe that you have nailed one here today. What do you like? Yeah, like Larry, I like the 49ers side of this game. I'm electing to put it in a teaser here, get it up to nine through almost all of the key numbers here. I'm expecting a competitive game. Uh, Like you mentioned, they had a very pretty strong offensive game uh, in terms of yards per play. They got out of there unscathed in terms of injuries. They're getting healthy at the right time. Um, And frankly, I think they have one of the better coaching staffs in this type of format. Uh, I, I really think that McCarthy is overmatched personally. So I, I like the 49ers here getting nine points. And then I'm pairing it with the Cardinals. Look, it's a division game. These teams know each other very well. These division games get very competitive. Kyler Murray, I expect him to have just enough. I actually kind of like this Cardinals team a little bit away from home too. He's talked about it a little bit, but they they tend to get a little more distracted at home, a little too relaxed. He's talked about it at length, really. Uh, you've seen him. They played really well on the road at Dallas. I like that for him personally. So I think these games are going to be competitive. Um, look, the Larry mentioned it a little bit. Road underdogs and road teams in general – typically are going to be where the value is going to be at in the playoffs. The home teams are a little bit inflated. Also, I like that 49ers game. Uh, like I think that the, the Dallas line is just simply inflated to that point. Uh, you're talking about a home team, a very public team, and a very public team that has, frankly, has been good this season. Uh, you're just still betting into that peak value after they've been beating up on a pretty poor division uh, that they get to play in all year. So give me the Cardinals plus 10 paired with the Niners plus 9. Yeah, and we've seen, certainly, we'll get into that game in a couple of minutes. We've seen how that Dallas team, uh, other than one outburst in Washington the last five or six weeks, Mikey, they just haven't been very good or in sync offensively to score a lot of points. All right, let's jump into the whole schedule now. We've got our best bets out there. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're watching it right now. Turn on those notifications because we're going to have a live show before every single wild card game this weekend. And you want to make sure you know exactly when it starts. All right, game number one, 430 on Saturday. Raiders and the Bengals, the current number. Again, it's going to change all week long. But right now, On Tuesday, when we take the show, it's five and a half, and the total is 49. You already mentioned it, Maestro. They played in week 11, 32-13. Derek Carr was very, very vocal about the playoffs. That was what was this team's driving force during their four-game winning streak to end the season. But now they have to figure out a way to go to Cincinnati. All we care about is the number you gave out, which is six and a half. Yeah, and... um... You know, there's so many things that jump out at this matchup, but 
one thing you first let's talk about the road trends 15 and 3 ATS for road teams in this Ooh. round the last several years road dogs 14 and 2 ATS and the two that didn't cover by one point and by half a point now I know that goes against what I said on the Chiefs um because I am taking a big favorite there um but you have to respect what the wild what the wild card underdogs have done and we've had Four straight years, a big underdog went outright, an underdog of at least five points. And one thing people are saying, the Raiders played the overtime game. They're, you know, it's a short week. They're traveling. They're going to be gassed. There hasn't been any evidence of that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen Monday night winners. I, I believe Monday night winners, and this was Sunday night, actually, by the way, they played Sunday night. But we've seen these short week teams have no problem the next week. So Sunday night, late Sunday night to Saturday, I don't think is an issue. The Bengals O-line is another issue that could give up pressure to those great edge rushers that the Raiders have. And I'm not saying the Raiders win, but I, I do think it's going to be a, a competitive game. When you look, Mikey, at how the Raiders have gone about their last four games, it's almost as if they started their playoffs four weeks ago. So to the Maestro's point, they've been fighting for their lives every single week, and the other teams have not. Do you think they could get off to a quick start because of that? Absolutely. Uh, I think them and the 49ers are two teams that can get off to a quick start because of that. I'm not worried about the short week for them here. I'm more worried on the other side with Cincinnati. A number of young players across the board. Now, Joe Mixon isn't young, but he also is coming off the COVID list. If he, in fact, had a real case of COVID, we've seen it with guys like Tyree Kill, who have admitted that they've been absolutely gassed the first week Mm -hmm. back. Furthermore, those starters, a lot of them didn't play. Jamar Chase, played like the first two series so he could rack up that record that he was seeing. But the other guys didn't even suit up. They didn't go through a normal week. Uh, I personally don't like that. I wish I would. They, If I was a Bengals fan or better, I would have liked to seen them suit up, go through the motions at least, go through a normal week, go play a series or two just to stay mentally focused and sharp there. So I'm a little bit worried about that combined with Joe Burrow did have a little bit of an injury at the very end of the Kansas City game. Again, if you remember, he did not even get to take the final snaps to set up the game-winning field goal because he was hurt on that play. Yes, it's not a serious threatening injury, but certainly something that can come up. But for me, I I like the Raiders here. I make the game down to four and a half. And frankly, I think that's where it's going to close. I wouldn't be shocked if you see fives everywhere today, but I think this one's going to close down to four and a half. I think you're going to continue to see people buy on that Raiders side. Despite about 70% of the tickets so far coming in on the Bengals, a lot of the money on the Raiders side. Uh, And it's really about what Larry said. They don't blitz a ton because they don't have to. They have such ridiculous rush from those edges that they can get to the quarterback typically, which allows them to be a little bit better in coverage. And I think that that's going to be a little bit of a different look for Burrow. I look for just a little bit of a slow start for the Bengals uh, just because of this little off time. So I think it's going to be a pretty competitive game here on Saturday. Maestro? Well, one thing that they don't blitz and – that helps guys like Casey Hayward. Um, he's playing amazing. And I was on the Chargers. Uh, I still think it was the right side. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into that game, but uh, he's playing amazing. The way he was dueling, you know, Mike Williams, uh, you know, he had to be in gassed like the receivers were gassed. Uh, you know, how many routes did he cover? You know, 60 pass routes. Uh, but he's playing at a very high level. And I think he can slow down Jamar Chase. Not, not control him, but slow him down. 
Okay, but let me ask you this. And by the way, Clyde, in the chat, I'm drinking Minute Maid apple juice, if you were wondering, because I love the juices. Uh, this is a game when you've got a dynamic offense, guys, like the Bengals have, and you've got the three-headed wide receiver dynamic triumphant. They score a lot of points. We saw what they did against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. This total is sitting at 49. Is there anybody that likes this number at all? The over or the under? I so the simulation tells me to lean towards the under. Uh, I don't I don't trust it there. If I did, I would wait till close because I do think the consensus is it'll go up. Uh, okay. I would expect this one to probably close closer to fifty. Um, if for some reason it got to fifty one or above, then I would really start to consider the under. As fifty one is a relatively strong key number in totals. Uh, I'm not expecting that much line movement, but we'll monitor it. If it gets to that level, then I would really feel comfortable on the under, but. Uh, typically these games, uh, yes, they have high powered offenses, but they're typically going to tighten up a little bit. So I yeah. pretty much unders and underdogs across the board this week. Is, yeah. And another trend that supports you, Mike, is if you look in the wild card round, non-dome games have gone under 25 of the last 36, which is almost 70%. There you go. It's all about win and move on. How you do it does not matter. Be very careful with these totals. All right, let's move on to game number two on Saturday. Boys and Mikey, I'm coming to you. And I'm sure that these two teams, when we were talking about them five weeks ago, could not have imagined that in order to move on to the week two of the playoffs, they would have to beat one another. But I'm here for it. Patriots, Bill Belichick traveling to Buffalo. The Bills currently laying four, and the total is sitting at 43. Now, the Bills... They led the NFL, Mikey, only allowing 17 points per game. Do you think their defense can hold up against Mac Jones and this offense? I mean, I think I, I, I do think it can. Uh, I think the thing we have to watch out for in this game is what is the weather. Like out of all the games out there, obviously this one could have the biggest weather impact. Uh, around 30 to 40 percent chance of snow. 15 degrees is the high uh, in this game. Could be very cold, always windy in Buffalo. Um, that's going to be. You know, it's not going to be repeat of the the first matchup in the the snow game, essentially, in the the weather game where they couldn't throw the football at all. Uh, the Patriots won without throwing the football, basically. Uh, however, I lean in the favor of the Patriots in this one. Um, I think that it should be the true number should be a field goal. Um, I get why it's four. The, the there's still going to be a ton of support for the Bills right now. Um, Chief, luck's out, buddy. Chief likes the uh, the Patriots. For this <laughs> he one loves as well. the He's Patriots this week. <laughs> to get in on this one. But uh, yeah, so I, I think the Patriots is the uh, are the right side in this one, though. I like things to tighten up in these games. I still don't trust the Bills completely across the board. They're going to be bringing Emmanuel Sanders back. I don't know how much that helps, as I do think the timing is absolutely going to be off there if they try and force things to him. But how do you not play him if he's active kind of thing? So it's going to be really difficult for that. Furthermore, if you watch the... Uh, thing that we have to start thinking about just a little bit, especially with those teams that have been good teams but kind of underperformed, I would say the Bills have underperformed those expectations we had towards the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Both the offensive and defensive coordinator are being recruited to go interview for other jobs at this point. They're playing at home. They just have some more distractions than normal. Uh, I just think this is a good time to jump on the underdog here at getting more than the field goal. Four is still a pretty key number for the push in these kind of games, uh, you see a total at 43. Again, we're talking about the weather here. I just expect it to be one of those close games in the playoffs here. And while I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan in the world yet, I still do respect Bill in these kind of games. Um, and then on the other side, the objective is get in and get out with a win. 
Uh, so we may not see them be super, super aggressive at times. That is so much good information. As Maestro, as I come to you, uh, to Mikey's point, eight weeks ago, we thought this was going to be the number one seed in the AFC. And then they started doing this. So where are you at as far as your confidence level in this Buffalo team? Well, Josh Allen has definitely not played like he did last year, and the offense hasn't been as impressive. But you look at what Mac Jones did. In the first matchup, he threw it three times, and they won They won the game. They didn't have to pass the ball. The next time, they threw it 32 times, two picks, and he has kind of slid towards the end of his amazing rookie year. You look at first-time playoff QBs. This is another trend I got from TA Analytics, a great follow on Twitter. First-time QBs against QBs that have been to the playoffs, 14 and 32 against the spread. No, let me make sure that's right. Yeah, 14 and 32 against the spread. And rookie QBs, four and seven straight up, five and six ATS, which is not so bad. But in those 11 games, 11 TDs, 12 picks. So, you know, I just am not expecting Mac Jones to go out there and play a flawless game. How about C-Rad in the chat? He says, Pats have been sliding late. Got to take that into account. But I don't have a chief in the fight. (laughs) Very well well, uh, written there, C-Rad. And I also want to shout out to the chat to feel better to Milton and feel better to prop stars. I see guys talking about how bad they're doing uh, with symptoms and such. So get well to everyone. Damn. Yeah. That, uh, that COVID is no joke, everybody. I got my booster shot today, so I'm feeling healthy and ready to fight this damn virus with the best that I can. All right, let's move on to Sunday now, boys, because on Sunday we got three big games and I'm here for it. We're starting at 1 PM Eastern time. And again, let me remind you, we will have a live show before every single playoff game this weekend eagles and the bucks they played this season week six the bucks won 28 22 now it's a battle maestro of two different teams that have two different strengths the eagles have shown they want to run the football and run the football and run the football the bucks third best rushing defense in the entire nfl something's got to give now the number here eight and a half the total city on 49 talk to me yeah, you know, the, the Bucks defense is great against the run, but they have given up a very high number of explosive runs. So the, you, when you gash them, you could get lucky or not get lucky, but you can, re, you know, reel off those big runs. So I don't think they're going to like completely shut down the Seagulls offense. But I think on the other side is where the Bucks have a tremendous advantage. And I don't care that Godwin is out and Antonio Brown is gone because that's what the Eagles defense does. They let you dink and dunk down the field. Is there ever been a quarterback who can find the open guy eight to 10 yards and just matriculate it down the field like Tom Brady can? Uh, so I think it doesn't matter who his receivers are. Uh, they are going to have a ton of offensive success. Shaq Barrett has been activated. That is huge. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, I just and I think Richard Sherman was deactivated or put on IR, uh, which also helps the Buccaneers. Uh, I think they're getting healthier. I think they're still a little bit undervalued, you know, for some reason after winning it all, maybe with the injuries, maybe because the other glamour teams in the NFC have taken the spotlight. Uh, I think the Bucks are a little bit, you know, I don't want to say undervalued, but uh, I think I think they're going to roll here. I think they're going to roll. And here's the thing, Maestro. When you think of the Bucs and how they play, 
We saw what they did on Sunday. They can score very, very quickly. We also know that Tom Brady has done enough in the playoffs that he understands that a 10-point lead is not enough. Let's keep that foot on the gas pedal. So, Mikey, when we look at this game and the fact that it's less than 10, if the Bucks get out to a good start, that could be a death nail for that Eagles offense. Yeah, I definitely could put the Eagles in some very difficult positions that really contrast with the way that they want to play games. Um, I, I think the Bucs will end up being a teaser leg for me, too, as long as we still get in uh, now, basically at eight and a half. This thing opened at seven, sat there for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, it, it's the right move. I, I do make it about nine. Uh, I think the biggest thing that helps me and, and wants me to use them as a teaser leg here is Leonard Fournette should be back. And I think Leonard Fournette's going to really – really help mm -hmm. them. And where I don't think he's necessarily going to help them is when, when they have bigger leads. I think it's in the scenarios where the game is just a little bit more competitive than you think. He has really grown in terms of catching balls out of the backfield. Tom Brady actually trusts him quite a bit, especially now in the condition that the team is in. Uh, so I would expect some interesting days for him. I'm still waiting, just monitoring some of the reports to see how, like what his workload is truly expected to be. I know that he's been activated. I know that he's going to be active for the game but still monitoring it to see if it's you know severely limited still or if he's truly good to go. If he's truly good to go, I, I like him a lot. I think we'll be talking. I'm sure Alex will be looking at some of his props, maybe the receiving or combo props there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Bucks end up rolling in this one, even if it's competitive for three quarters. And, and I just wanted to chime in that in that first meeting, and I know it's not the exact same cast of characters, but the Bucks held them to four and a half yards per play. They completely outgained them, 399 to 213. The Eagles covered. I was on the Eagles. It was a very fortunate cover at plus seven or six and a half. It ended 28-22, but the Bucks kneeled down at the goal line uh, mm -hmm. right as the game ended. That was not a six-point game before. By the way, speaking of prop stars, he is in the chat live. Very special opportunity for anybody watching right now. If you have a question, for Alex, go ahead and put it in the chat. He's in there. He's answering questions as we do the show, which is awesome. Our entire team is always on deck and always ready to play. So Prop Stars is live in the chat as we speak. By the way, let's not forget, a few weeks ago, the last time Leonard Fournette was really, really healthy, we played his over catch total, and I think it hit by the end of the first quarter. I mean, he really looks for him to uh, Mikey's uh, point. We'll certainly be hitting on Fournette on our prop special on Friday and certainly on the hour-long specials before every single game. All right, let's move on to the fourth game of the weekend, and this is going to go down in Arlington, Texas, Cowboys Stadium. Cowboys are laying three. The total sitting on 51, the 49ers. Now, here's an interesting tidbit, Mikey. Do you know the last time that the 49ers and the Cowboys met in the playoffs? Probably before I was born. <laughs> it most, I, I have yeah. no idea. I don't know how old you are, but it was 1994. Okay. I was five so, years old. Okay, yeah. so it was 1994. It was that three-year run where the 49ers and the Cowboys were both awesome. And that was an incredible time in the NFL. But that's the last time. And really, let's be honest with you, the Cowboys haven't done anything in the playoffs since 1997. That was it. It's been 25 years. So let's get into this game. Because the Cowboys, yes, they look good against Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is playing Minshew. They had already punted on that particular game. We've got to take that off the board where do you see this game right now? Because you have the 49ers as a big part of a teaser leg. Yeah, I have it as a part of a teaser leg. Uh, I think the number is mostly where it should be. Like, I, I get why it is, at least in terms of sports books and pricing and certain liabilities with a home team and a public home team like that. 
Um, my simulation number is on, on it is two. Um, so there's about a point on the actual spread where it's at. Uh, but look, I have 49ers will at least be competitive. I'm expecting a one score game either way to win this one. Uh, likely, you know, in that, that fourth quarter drive, whichever team can make that drive to win. Uh, I'm a little concerned on the Dallas side, just a, just a few minor concerns. And I, I think that the 49ers are the better coach, the better coach team in this spot. Um, I think that they can really, really rally around their, their last win, uh, getting in the playoffs here like they did in that fashion. I, I think that they build on that significantly. They didn't have any major injury concerns really heading into this game. So I think they're in pretty good shape. While the Cowboys, I really think they're going to miss Michael Gallup in this spot. Uh, I know Cedric Wilson has played well at times, uh, but the times that he's really shined have been against more prevent-style defenses, more of those defenses that are really not necessarily trying to go win a must-win game. Um, so I do think the absence of Michael Gallup could be felt in this one for the Cowboys. Uh, just another example, though, here, I, it's we, we talk about it in baseball with the Yankees, right? There's just certain teams that are shaded in the market because they have to be because of the liabilities that they draw. This Cowboys team in the playoffs at home is one of them. Um, so I think the value here is on the 49ers. And then in the teaser leg, obviously, getting that all the way up to nine gets me through almost every single key number, especially in these games that we expect to be competitive playoff games. Real quick, by the way, did you guys see what the liability would have been to sportsbooks if that Raiders-Chargers would have ended in a tie? Over a billion dollars. Raiders would have had to move to a new city again. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt about it. I couldn't believe it. Everybody seemed to put a little sprinkle on that, and those little sprinkles turn into a lot of money when everybody's doing it, when it's what, plus like – plus 8,000 sometimes, plus 10,000. Like, the number is crazy to bet on a tie. All right, so, Maestro, let me come back to you because the 49ers, we could look at them one of two ways as the team that fell behind by 17 and had that incredible comeback or the team that fell behind by 17 at the start of the game. Which way do you choose to look at them? Uh, I heard somebody say uh, whatever they shot up Jimmy G's hand with at halftime, they need to do that again because uh, (laughs) he was a different quarterback Mm -hmm. uh, after halftime. But there's just some matchup advantages. I mean, I'm already on the Niners. I'm not going to be shocked if the Cowboys win or cover. I mean, they're obviously one of the best teams in the league and they're at home. But I just think I should not be getting a full field goal with the 49ers, who I think are on their level. Zorline has missed six extra points. Uh, They're talking that he's got psychological. It's a psychological thing. He's missed six field goals. That could be an issue in a close game. uh, When you have a spread like this, a couple other things, the Cowboys are a gambling attacking defense. We know they can make big plays. We know they can get the turnovers. That's how they win. Um, They're also second to last in yards after the catch. And you've got Samuel, Debo Samuel, and Ayuk who can really exploit that. They're also not very good defending the middle of the field where you have George Kittle. So there's just a lot of matchup advantages uh, for the 49ers. Uh, So I just just love them. I like them. They're they're built for the playoffs. Sorry, and I forgot. Maybe the most important thing is their best corner – Emmanuel Mosley came back last week. So they finally have the secondary that they need. It's not maybe the best secondary in the league, but he is their best corner. And he finally came back last week. And that made a big difference. Yeah. And you know, we've seen Dak gets a little, he gets some happy feet back there. If you're putting some pressure on him, if you're playing pretty good defense, he can get a really good happy feet. There's no doubt about it. By the way, in the chat, they're all commenting on that, uh, on that near tie. And I don't know if you guys saw this as well, but Austin Eckler 
was talking to a player on the field after the game who admitted to him that they were going to run the clock out if they wouldn't have called that timeout and it would have ended in a tie. That's crazy. And then the Chargers would have got in. Yeah. Wow. Brandon Staley just outthought himself the entire game and ultimately cost himself and his team a shot at the playoffs. All right. Third game on Sunday night, boys. Steelers and somehow Big Ben, he's still standing for five more days. The Chiefs are laying 12 and a half. The number is 46 and a half. And I would be foolish as a Chiefs fan to say, oh, there's no chance of them losing because I could just list year after year after year. Well, we have blown it when we have been favored. Mikey, I've got to come to you on this one. Tell me a scenario where the Chiefs don't win this one comfortably on Sunday. Tyreek Hill lets a ball through his hands off the face mask, turns into a pick six early. I mean, we've seen it <laughs> once or twice early this season, but uh, yeah. you know, it's going to take, honestly, I think it takes a special teams or defensive touchdown from Pittsburgh during the game to, to help keep them in the game in that spot. But other than that, uh, I mean, you know, we could obviously go back and point to the Colts and the Jaguars must win game for the Colts. They didn't get it done. Like it's certainly possible. It's well within the range. The, you know, these are, professional teams, professional athletes, but it's Kansas City at home, Arrowhead, playoff game. Um, yeah, I, I it's Kansas City or nothing here for me personally. Uh, the only thing that I would comment on it is it is a friendly enough number at this point. Like I basically said at the beginning, I honestly feel comfortable as a teaser leg on every single underdog this week, uh, wow. including this one, just getting this one up to 18 and a half. Um, I, I think that we're, we're looking at a two touch. I think we're looking at a 14 point game. Most likely, uh, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, I get it. I get why people want to back the Steelers. I get why they want to playoff games, get tight, but I, I make the game 14 and I, I'm a little surprised that that's not where the line is here on this one. See, I think you, you bring up a very, very good point because the one thing we know, Mikey, as chiefs fans, what happened a couple of years ago, every single game we fell behind by double digits. So they're not comfortable at any point of a game. I don't care if they're up 14, 21. They're not going to feel comfortable. We're not going to feel comfortable. So Andy Reid certainly can't feel comfortable. So why are you so bullish, Maestro, as I come to you? Because you agree with Mikey because you're laying the 12 and a half. Yeah, and I actually thought Mikey was going to say he would tease it to six and a half uh, and feel more more confident that way. Uh, you know, the Steelers, it's a miracle they're here, really. Uh, four and a half yards per play over the second half of the season. This offense is so limited. The Chiefs defense is fully healthy. We do have to wait for tomorrow for that injury report on guys like Hill and Kelsey and Edwards Hilaire. Um, all the words and rumors coming out is that they're not worried about any of those guys. But until we see the first injury report, that there's a little hesitation, a little trepidation on my part. But I think 13 is a key number. Uh, you know, 27, 14. There's a lot of 13s out there, 30 to 17. That's why I got it locked in at 12 and a half. I thought if we get a good injury report for the Chiefs, it may continue to go up towards that two touchdown mark. Um you know, I just think it's almost a miracle that the Steelers are here. And I don't think they are, they belong uh, in, on, on the same. You know, we saw it 30 to nothing and 36 to 10 was the final the last time they met. Yeah, and that was they, three weeks ago. Yeah, they don't. I mean, if, if you would have said 
five weeks ago, and you would have written out everything the Steelers had to have happen for them to make the playoffs, you just said, this is crazy. Right. This is not going to happen. But crazy yeah. things happen, you know, 100%. in the NFL, and uh, we've seen it time and again. And, you know, Mike Tomlin as an underdog, you could probably get that trend out, and it's going to be very profitable. Uh, no because no one it. is a better motivator than that guy. You're damn right about that. Mikey, let me come back to you. Great question in the chat. You've been all over this uh, this entire season for us. Where do the teams stand as far as how they're COVID testing? And do we have the possibility of a big-time player missing a game this weekend because of that? I mean, the only one that really stands out is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's the only one that I know of that could still, in theory, test positive at some point um, and, and still be – ruled out at some point uh, obviously in that scenario it doesn't really matter what number you're getting here because that game be, you know becomes kansas city minus three pretty quickly like mm -hmm. I, I think we'd see a 10 point move in this spot honestly not but, not the standard seven for rogers but if let's say mahomes got ruled out i mm -hmm. think it'd be a full 10 points uh in a playoff that's game. crazy yeah. that is crazy but explain to people who don't understand because i didn't understand until you explained it on our morning show, The Early Edge, and on why a lot of these players won't even be tested now through the playoffs. Yeah, so once you test positive and it's a confirmed positive test and not just a close contact, uh, you open up basically a 60 to 90 day window, depending on the, the current status. But either way, it's obviously well within both of those now to where you're no longer going through the testing protocols, uh, just through the, the NFL's rules around it. So it was very interesting to see the timeliness of some of the Bengals. If you watch that, they, I believe they had four players on offense, four players on defense, all pretty significant players land on the COVID list uh, at some strategic times. It was very interesting to see that, especially for me, uh, Mixon, for example, didn't need him last week, obviously hit that COVID list. Very, you know, I'm not going to speculate a ton on it, but it was just very <laughs> interesting to see. Yep. Uh, so it's good for them that he's going to be available. My only concern is the fact that Patrick Mahomes hasn't landed on the list at all yet this season. Uh, I think they'd still win the game without him even, which is crazy, but that's the, the only real risk. Other than that, I, yeah, I mean, I, the Chiefs should win this game. When I saw him with Travis Kelsey at the college playoff game, sitting in a skybox, no mask on, all kinds of people around him, I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But he seems to have made it through without getting COVID the last two weeks. So just stay home. Just just feed the baby. That's all you got to do, number 15. Just feed the baby. Just follow what the maestro does every day. Just feed the baby. <laughs> all right. Let's get into our last game. It's the first time ever, and I'm here for it, that we're going to have a playoff game on a Monday. Is it fair to the Cardinals and the Rams? I don't know. Nobody's really talking about it. They're not complaining about it. So why should we even ask the question? But they will, whoever wins, get one less day of preparation. And that could matter. We don't know. But the Rams are laying for 49 and a half. Maestro, let me come to you. Well, this is a game um, I'm completely torn on and, and not playing uh, as of now. And maybe we'll hit it with some props after I consult with Alex, who's dropping NBA props that I'm trying to keep <laughs> track of in the chat while we're on the show. I'm trying to get these down. But the thing about this game is you've got on one side the Cardinals, who are a terrible offense relatively went since DeAndre Hopkins has been, they've been a totally different type of an offense without him on the field. On the other hand, the Cardinals are unbelievable on the road, eight and one straight up eight and one against the number. They won big the first time they went to the, to LA and Matthew Stafford, nine turnovers in his last four games. Um, 
right now, I, I'm, I'm still weighing it, and I'll be eager to hear what uh, what you guys think. Yeah, C Rad in the in these chat said uh, in the chat says I would hope the winner plays next Sunday, not Saturday at least. Yeah, they're going to play Sunday. That's not an issue. It will be a Sunday game, but it's just like playing Monday night and then having to turn around and play a Sunday regular season game. That's what essentially they are uh, looking at. Mikey, do you think this is a disadvantage for the Cardinals and the Rams to be given the Monday game? Uh, I don't. I don't honestly. I don't think it's terribly uh, a terrible disadvantage. Um, you know, it's not major travel situations for anyone. Obviously, here uh, the Rams are at home. The Cardinals. It's a very short travel situation for them. Uh, we like to look at that a lot. But I, I like the Cardinals in the game. Uh, honestly, it projects very, very similar to that Cowboys game um, that that we played a couple weeks ago. Um, and I loved the, the Cardinals in that game on the road. They're a different team on the road. Kyler likes to play on the road. He's like I said, he's been very open about how distracted they tend to get at home. Uh, I expect Connor and Edmonds to both be available to him in this game. And look, I, I don't love either one of these coaching staffs, but I know Sean McVay is way too conservative in a lot of these situations. Uh, and I would expect that to continue here for him at home. Um, just another classic example of a game where the true number here should be closer to three. It should be right at a field goal. Um, you're getting value with the dog in a division game. They, they obviously are very, very, very familiar with them. And Kyler Murray's one of those players. Like we talk about it a little bit with certain teams. Kyler Murray's one of those players where I'm once they start to become a favorite, I'm starting to back away. But when they're the underdog, mm -hmm. I, I like him in these spots. I think he's a really great player as an underdog in these conditions. Uh, I think we're looking at a field goal game either way. Or mixed, missed extra point comes into play. Rams win by two. Rams win by one. Uh, but I, I like the Cardinals to get the cover here. Um, I, I think that they can do just enough. And then Akers returning for the Rams. I, I don't like these situations a lot because they haven't played so much together in these spots. And I think McVay starts to force touches and will start to force mm -hmm. touches in certain ways uh, when I think that Sony Michelle has been very good and, and should be the lead back for them. So ultimately, I trust the Cardinals a lot more than I trust the Rams here. Um, obviously, you're at the mercy of fading Cooper Cup, which is never a fun thing to do. Uh, but I'll back Kyler Murray as long as we've got James Conner, Chase Edmonds out there. James Conner, when he wants something, he is a tough man to talk about. <laughs> he is a beast. He is a beast. He is a beast. But since, right. I just want to say, since Hopkins' injury, under seven yards per attempt for Kyler in every game. Yep. yep. That's exactly right. All right. Great analysis for all the games. We're going to recap our best bets shortly. But, guys, I want to hit on one more thing. I just got a text from a friend, and I want your guys' take on this because it's been two days. And the football world could not believe that the New York football giants actually were going to continue with the cocky, arrogant Joe Judge. Well, according to Adam Schefter, they will not be doing that. He has been fired in New York, and they will be looking for a new head coach after potentially the dumbest play call in the history of the National Football League, a quarterback sneak on third and nine from their own five in the second quarter what is that maestro your thoughts on the giants doing the right thing finally you know i have a little soft spot for joe judge just in the fact that in the last uh year and a half or so until the end of this season when they totally collapsed but they were a great cover machine on the road as big underdogs somehow they found a way to keep those games close uh and i'd like to back them in those spots you know especially when it was daniel jones um you know at quarterback but yeah i mean this was 
obvious. I mean, if you're going to fire Brian Flores, exactly. uh, and that's who looks like is has a great shot to get that job, uh, you got to fire Joe Judge. Well, they had to do it, Maestro, because the Bears want Brian Flores. And if they didn't do it right now, he wouldn't be around next year to be hired. So you have to do it right now. Flores shouldn't have been fired in Miami. He shouldn't have been. Mikey, what do you make of the situation? Who do you think would be a good fit in New York? Yeah, I mean, Flores would be a great fit in New York. Uh, really, anyone would be a great fit in New York. All three of us combined, I think any of us could do <laughs> what Joe Judge does, if we're being completely honest with each other. But, uh, my, yeah, a good friend of mine, Nick Costos, said, uh, best day for the Giants since Super Bowl 50 or 46. I happen to <laughs> It's the best day in Giants history for a long time. Uh, I don't know who they're going to hire. I hope it's Flores. But, uh, honestly, I, I don't think it could be any worse. And I'm happy for them because they deserve to be excited about something. And this is an exciting change for them. You know what's so crazy is I thought about that. Most of these – yeah, go ahead, Maestro. No, I, I just think that Gettleman, though, did more to put the franchise in the sorry state yes. that it's in. Yeah, because no he got all, the, he got all these, these players. They, he's the one that brought the players in. Joe Judge, I think – did a next level job of screwing himself. And what I mean by the, that is this. Most of these head coaches, like the Todd Bowles of the world, they usually go back and can get a pretty good coordinator job after they're a head coach and they're proven not to be a good one. I don't know that Joe Judge can be hired to be a coordinator at this point because he said so many stupid things as a head coach of the Giants. Do you agree with me, Maestro? Or are we going to see... Oh, the Detroit Lions hired Joe Judge to be their offensive, whatever. It well, is. he was a special teams coordinator, yeah. I believe, before yeah. he got this job. He wasn't even an, an OC or a DC, so maybe he'll go back and 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 be a special teams guy. Well, if they're gonna what they who they bring his name, former head coach of the Cowboys, they hired him with the Giants, uh, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Garrett. There is no reason why he should have been brought in as offensive coordinator. I mean, ever. There are Ever. so many bright guys out there, <laughs> yes! you know, at every level. And then you just bring in a, a retread like that. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. Jason Garrett might be the luckiest person in the history of the NFL. You remember when Jerry Jones paid him $3 million a year to stay as an assistant, to stay in position to be the head coach? Who does that? Nobody. I repeat, nobody. All right. Let's recap very, very quickly our best bets that we have so far. And a reminder, we will be live before every single playoff game. So Prop Stars will be there with all of his props and anything last minute. But here's what we have right now to try to beat the number. You heard the guys say all the important metrics that we have to get through. Mikey, start with your best bet, please. Yeah, we're going Cardinals and 49ers on the teaser. Grab this now. I expect the Cardinals one. I, I think that game could close at a field goal as well, personally. So Cardinals plus 10. Uh, expect a very competitive game. Pairing it with the 49ers. Expect a very competitive game there as well. Almost all of the key both of them. Let's root for some competitive football. I love that. Maestro, bring us home. Well, you see the picks that I have there on the screen, but I, there was one great trend that I wanted to – to give out historically, if you just pick the winner of the game, you're going to cover in this round. The winner is 129 and 19 against the spread with five pushes. Whoa, say that again. Yeah, 129 and 19. So, in other words, there's only been 19 times that the loser has covered. It's covered. Okay. Okay. In I this gotta round. Let that, I got to let that just sit for this a second. Round. Yeah. Okay. Just this round, almost 100 games over 500. That is yeah. nuts. That is nuts. All right, so you see our best bets. We're here every single day at 10 a.m. Then, of course, 
as I mentioned, follow our YouTube channel. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. Let the world know how great you think the early edge is. We're here for you. If you saw our schedule that we tweeted out earlier this week, you know it's crazy. But we're here and we grind for you. So there's only one thing left to do. And you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL wild card tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. M squared, the maestro, AB on the ones and the twos. And by the way, thank you to everybody who participated last night. The showdowns were awesome. Everything was awesome with the national championship. That was a night that this brand was made for. So thank you all very much. Now, go tell all your friends about the early edge. Good luck. <laughs>